listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show set out to bring you news, interesting topics and interviews with people mostly from Europe, building bridges and breaking down language barriers to show the world how active and awesome the skeptical movement is in the region. This is episode 337. I'm your host, Annika Harrison, and joining me for the show is my co-host, Pontus Böckmann. Hallo! Hey, San, hey, San! How are you, Annika? Good, good, good. Yeah? It's, um, ah. it's hot in here. <laughs> right, okay, okay. It's, it's, I, you know, I shouldn't complain because people are literally dying yeah. or have been in this summer in, in the south of Europe. Mm -hmm. And a little part of me is a little bit disappointed because we've had like 20, 21. I think today was 18 degrees. So, well, I, th I think uh, could, I'll, we, I'll... could we just average it out a little bit so you don't get 40 <laughs> degrees in, in Spain, but maybe we can like. Swap. Hey, we let's could have just swap. Both of us have 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? I think that would be a good idea because we're going on 40 this week too. And, um, oh, really? Yeah. It's a bit hard because Luna will always be like, she wants to go outside. And I was like, we're not going outside in the full sunlight and with 40 degrees. Like, <laughs> we can't do that. No. <laughs> and then, of course, she's bored and a bored toddler is what you don't want. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, but we were actually were in Birmingham this last weekend. Um, and that was really nice. Uh, it wasn't as hot either. <laughs> How was the trip? Were you, did you fly or did you yeah, go by train? Yeah, we flew. Fly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. And it was pretty funny because going there, of course, first they canceled our flight because uh, airports in Germany right now are, uh, it's chaotic. It's All it's, over, I think. Yeah, it's not all just over Germany. probably. Um, I don't know if Germany is special in that regard, but... It is hard. <laughs> mm. So we were up super, super early. We actually got a hotel room to be able to be at the gate very, very early and at the security so that we wouldn't miss our flight. <laughs> and then the flight missed you. Yeah, 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 exactly. Then they canceled the flight, but we managed to get on a, just another, uh, like one that was a bit, just a bit later. And we got through security within, I think, one and a half hours. So that wasn't too bad. It's still a long time. It's still a long time, especially with a toddler. <laughs> mm. But yeah, if you think that they had in, in Amsterdam, like in Schiphol in Amsterdam or in uh, Frankfurt or in Cologne, they sometimes had waiting times of like the average of seven hours. Wow. In that regard, one and a half hours is pretty good. <laughs> yes. But it we had a really good time and landed just yesterday, I think 11.30. So again, it was super nice with the toddler uh, because she was so tired. <laughs> wow. um, no, but we had a really good, really lovely time. Well, good for you. Good for you. Good for us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had a good time. Or rather, I was very happy this morning when I looked into my mailbox mm -hmm. and I'm showing it here to you but listeners can't can see it. Is. Gratis. Gratis, yeah. What does that mean? Uh for free. Free, yes. So I got a free personality test. Oh. Right, from the Oxford Capacity Analysis. That sounds really impressive. Until of course you read a very fine print and see it's the Scientologists. Mm -hmm. So uh, I thought they were almost gone from uh, Sweden now. Haven't heard from them for a long time, but now I can get, uh, it's only in one hour. They will test me and they will give me 10 important personality traits that will determine how good I will succeed in the future and how happy I will be. And uh, of course, it goes into the bin. So there you go. 
<laughs> always nice to get this kind of ads, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's also, I always say this about the Scientologists. When you have to put your own brand name in very, very small font so that you can only see it actually with a magnifying glass, then you're doing something wrong. You don't, mm-hmm. your brand name is so tainted, you don't really want to put it there. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, strange thing. Yeah, I, I thought we would. It's been sort of a, a follow-up from every episode now. The collaboration between Russia and the US in space. Mm-hmm. You, you know we've talked about it a couple of times. Yeah, we did. Yeah, so I have a little bit of a follow-up. We just have to follow this through now. I don't know. We will hooked forever on this topic. But at first we had the, the former head of Roscosmos, Dmitry Ros- Rogozin. Rogozin, that's his name. He was threatening to leave... American astronauts stranded up in the ISS because he was pissed off at the US for some reason. Then we had the flag-waving thing, the the cosmonauts that were waving flags of the so-called new republics of Donetsk and Luhansk, and we concluded that it was probably uh, Rogozin's idea. At least it was done with his uh, uh, approval. Then he got fired. And uh, Roscosmos, the very same day, said that they will now renew their commitment to collaborate with uh, NASA. So they will let American astronauts go with the Soyuz rockets and uh, the Americans will do the, the reverse thing. So that's very good. Okay. But now we have a new director of Roscosmos. He's called Yuri Borisov. And on the 24th of July, he suddenly said that they would stop supporting the ISS altogether by 2024 but then that two days later he was in a meeting with putin so he was called back to moscow or wherever he was where he started i don't know if he he works from there all the time working from home i think that's what we're all doing now but anyway he was called to putin and um, we don't know exactly what happened on that meeting but two days after that Russian space officials informed NASA that Moscow would like to keep flying its cosmonauts aboard the International Space Station until uh, their own orbital outpost is built and operational. That is called ROS. That <laughs> sounds very Russian, right? So it does. They are, but it doesn't exist yet. <laughs> but then the flight director for the ISS Russian segment, he's called Vladimir Solovyov, he said in an interview that he was sure that Ross uh, would be ready <laughs> and up in space by 2028. I don't know. Who knows? doesn't seem like they know what they want themselves. And uh, I'm just saying, do you, you really think you're going to have your new shiny space station up flying operational in just six years? I doubt it. <laughs> I don't know. It takes uh, some time to do these things. <laughs> yeah. I think that what you can conclude is that they don't really want to collaborate with the US, but every other day they decide, well, we have to anyway, so we'll do it for now. I have another little short story just to mention it because we talked about it a year ago. Mm-hmm. It is the return of the Tantra Festival. Ooh, do you remember that? That Wasn't that the really wrong thing where people decided to infect each other? Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly what it was. In episode 287, <laughs> that was last August, so it's almost exactly a year ago, mm-hmm. we gave the really wrong award to a Tantra Festival which took place in, the, in northern Sweden. 
And it, as you said, it resulted in a, it, w- it became a super spreader event. Mm-hmm. Because that is what happens if hundreds of strangers get together and decide to become intimate in a pandemic. And I know it's not all about sex, but it's also about sex. And then there's, even if you don't participate in the sex, there's massages and you, it, a lot of intimate contacts, let's put it that way. And now it's on again because they couldn't get enough of it. And um, we'll see how it turns out. Yeah. They will do it in in a week or two. And apparently they didn't learn anything from last year. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that sounds uh, tantalizing. <laughs> oh, tantalizing. <Ooh. laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Pontus. And I think that we should start the episode. And if I look into a little sheet of scheduled and schedules and plan Mm -hmm. then i can see we don't have a twish because we don't have an unrush right now (laughs) we don't but i want to mention one honorary thing because it it doesn't have to do it doesn't have anything to do with skepticism but it has everything to do with me just a a a remembrance day on the 5th of august which is when this episode will come out Mm -hmm. in 1966 the Beatles released their Revolver album. Oh. And I grew up with that. I, If you know your Beatles, and I'm not going to quiz you, Annika, but... I don't know a bit of Beatles. <laughs> it starts with uh, Taxman, which is a George Harrison song, actually. Mm-hmm. And I know, because my parents have told me that, I had a tambourine... Uh, it more probably wasn't. I was just two years old at the time, so maybe it was a few years later. But I was sitting on the floor in front of the stereo with my tambourine, shouting "Tamaxman, Tamaxman, Tamaxman," <laughs> because I of course didn't know what they were singing about. And um, anyway, it was a big um, thing for me. So let's quickly skip over that and, and get into <laughs> that. Reminds real. me so much of. Fire Saga. Oh, but- yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I think uh, they did it better than I did. But. <laughs> yeah, but before we start discussing how old Pontus is, let's move over to Too someone late. who's a lot older. <laughs> okay. Do we have something to poke the Pope for? Yes, so it finally happened. Frankie went not to Hollywood, but he went to Canada. <laughs> And he delivered his sincere apologies for the terrible things that happened in the special Catholic schools for indigenous peoples uh, for about, almost well, I think it was around 100 years. And uh, we have mentioned this tragedy many times, so I won't go into it again. But in total, over a thousand unmarked graves have been discovered on the premises of these schools where children uh, were buried. That was uh, terrible. And... It was naturally just the tip of the iceberg because many children did survive, but they were uh, physically and uh, mentally scarred for life because of the the abuse they got there, including sexual abuse, but also other kinds of abuse. I don't think uh, that other aspect of it has been mentioned so much. The Mm -hmm. the graves are more sensationalistic and it it makes the headlines, but uh, over 100,000 children went to these schools And I must assume that most of them were really traumatized by this. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Frankie went there and he did his part. He even agreed to call the whole thing a genocide, although a journalist had to prompt him. Was this a genocide? 
And I think it was. And even Frankie said, yes, it was. Uh, it was good of him not to shy away from that word because you should call it what it was. I think he handled the situation well, except for one very important detail, the question of compensation, which I have talked about before here, that they will want financial compensation. It cannot bring people's lives back, but it's the only thing you can do. Yeah. And I was not aware of this, but apparently there was a settlement agreed upon already in 2006 for the Catholic Church to raise 25 million Canadian dollars. Only, however, 1.2 million of that has been paid, which is pathetic. Mm -hmm. 25 million and they've come up with 1.2 million. And it's been over 15 years since this agreement was made. And it's not like the Catholic Church is broke. Well, I sometimes talk about the Vatican has uh, some problems with their finances, but come on, you can afford this. As I understand it, this matter was not discussed, at least not openly, so that it made the papers. I'm sure that it will come. There's already indigenous peoples, or representatives for the indigenous peoples, hinting at, well, we would like to see something more than an apology. Frankie performed well, as I said, although he is now visibly tired and he's suffering from his pained knee and some other illness. He is in a wheelchair all the time now. And uh, again, the question of his possible retirement comes up in almost every interview. And he keeps saying not yet, but he is not ruling it out. He always pretends to be surprised by the question And he thinks, well, well, maybe someday, but not now. Mm -hmm. I want to make one more comment about the Canadian trip. More on the funny side, maybe. Mm -hmm. Frankie is famous for not wearing a silly hat, as in the old adage, does the Pope uh, have a silly hat? Well, Frankie has a silly hat, but he usually uses uh, this small little cap. I believe it's called a succhetto. We should have Andras here. Uh, he, He would know how to pronounce that. Well, what happened in Canada was he didn't... Well, he had his suketu and not the big silly hat, but he was presented with a traditional indigenous full-feathered headdress, which, as I should point out, that is not silly. It's not a silly hat. (laughs) It's a tradition and it should be respected, but placed on the bloody Pope, it looked hilarious and out of place. So, uh, again, he performed the part, he did the right thing and respectfully kept it on, Mm -hmm. but it made for some hilarious uh, footage, I I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really like, if it belongs on that head or not. (laughs) Yeah, so some people were actually a little bit offended that, not because he accepted it, but offended because it was presented to him, because it's not like he is the patron saint, I almost said, of the indigenous peoples there. Mm -hmm. But I guess it was all in the spirit of reconciliation and mutual respect. Yeah. And so, but funny, some funny pictures, though. And I think <laughs> we will see them um, every now and then on the internet. Well, I'm, I'm happy they didn't put him on a horse or made him hunt bison or, or something. That would have yeah. been a tough challenge for him. Yeah, it's difficult because it just seems like the reconciliation came from more from the indigenous side with that in that regard. Yeah. But it uh, should come from Frankie. Yes, I, I think he is 
trying to do what he can, except for the financial part, though. Mm-hmm. But but you must assume that some of this, whatever happened in these schools, I think a lot of um, uh, indigenous peoples are actually Catholic today because of that. It was beaten into them quite literally, but I think a lot of them have a lot of respect of the Pope because of that. Doesn't mean that they have forgotten everything about their own culture, even if in a way that was the intention. But I think when the Pope got there, they wanted to um, really connect with him. Mm-hmm. So it's it's complicated. I mean, they, they, they should hate him in a way, but I don't think they do. And... Um, well, the, these wounds will take a long time to heal, if ever. And I think the problem is that he's part of a system that was and is still harmful, but he as an individual is at least sometimes uh, trying to be better. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very hard to be really mad at him as a yeah. person because he actually seems like a nice person, yeah. misguided as he is, in my opinion. Yeah. But he's not an evil person. It's not like yeah, the last he's not, pope. He's not he like was evil. Sith Lord. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Benedict. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Enough about the Pope for now. Thanks for the Pope poking, Pontus. And You're welcome. And that means we should just jump over to the news. Yes, and I think looking ahead here, there's a lot about climate change. Mm -hmm. The first thing I want to bring up here is that Science Daily published an analysis on 1st of August about how the shortage of Russian gas delivery to Europe will influence the climate and the climate change that's going on. And more specifically, how it will influence the move over to green energy in Europe. So this is a study that was carried out by researchers in Denmark. They were very quick to start with their investigations. I should give them that. Only 10 days after the Russian invasion began. They actually welcome now the extreme price on gas. That is the consequence of that. Because they say it creates an incentive to speed up the already started transition to greener energy sources. They see it as a driver, which can hurry up the needed changes. I guess what they're saying is there's nothing bad that doesn't have some positive effect, if you Mm -hmm. will. They are experts in energy, and I don't want to question their conclusion too much, but I still think they're way too optimistic. I think that there's a big risk that with the lack of Russian gas, Europe will not just well, maybe they will speed up uh, wind, solar investments and things like that. But they will also, they, we, mm-hmm. Europe, will also return to coal and other dirty energy yeah, production. Yeah, that's a problem. Because we need energy. And what, where can we get it? We're going to look wherever it's available. Yeah, Europe's always hungry. <laughs> yeah. So so I don't know. The, the report talks about how this will be a positive effect It will um, help in the hunt to limit global warming to the targets of 1.5 to 2 degrees Celsius. But I I don't want to be a part of Pooper, really. And they are experts. I'm just an amateur. But I'm afraid they are being a little naive. Yeah, what I think is naive that people still deny climate change. (laughs) Mm. I told you we were in Birmingham and the family we were with one of them told me that they actually had 50 degrees on their thermometer and I wasn't in the sun. 
it's still a temperature that you wouldn't expect wow. in Britain. You would say like, oh, probably that's a desert thing, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> Australia mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Africa. They had record temperature, I would say, two weeks ago or a week ago. And that has to be impossible without the human-induced climate change. Mm. Scientists actually agree on that too. (laughs) They were above 40 degrees and that can't just be reached without the climate change. Of course, that also caused disruption in the UK, because like in Germany, the UK doesn't have a lot of climate, like ACs around. No, why would you have an AC <laughs> exactly. in the UK? Yeah, exactly. Historically, we're, we're not used to that in, in no. Central Europe, and I count you, um, the UK to that. We're not, we're not used to that. We're more prepared for cold winters, but not for extreme heat. There were wildfires too. And the thing is that the world has warmed up this 1.1 degrees since since the industrial revolution and we would like to keep these temperatures rare but they're not and this is just getting more and more likely the the more the world heats up scientists actually took temperatures at four different points in the uk and deducted that it is a record temperature and that these temperatures are at least two degrees higher and I'm talking about two degrees Celsius here, of course. Mm. But it's actually, the real number is actually closer to four degrees higher. Than the record or the average? Than or? a world without human-caused climate change. So ah, it's, okay. it's four degrees hotter than it would be if we never had invented industrial machines and stuff. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> That's pretty jarring if you think about that. The problem is, if we wanted to keep it as it is, then we would need to get to like zero right now, like to completely cut emissions in in Central Europe and in the rest of the world. We have to make, yeah, cut our emissions, change how we use energy is exactly what you said before. Like, we don't want to go to fossil energy anymore. Um, We have to completely stop that actually. And now, or like yesterday, basically, Because we we are pretty much at the point of no return. And if we don't change anything now, then it will be too late. And yeah, that's that's the go with the temperature in the UK. Yeah, and I can only agree. The next item we have here is uh, basically that we're doomed. Um, as a contrast to the optimistic Danes that I talked about before, there's another scientist from UK as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says it's too late already. His name is Bill Maguire. This is only one scientist. So I know as a good skeptic, you should listen to consensus, not just to one person. But still, it's interesting interesting to see what he has to say. He is actually a volcanologist. I think we have had a few volcanologists quoted over the last couple of episodes. I don't know if it's a trend. Mm -hmm. But he's working out of uh, University College London. He has a new book out. Mm-hmm. The book is called Hothouse Earth. And he says that the recent repeated heat waves that we are seeing is just the beginning. We have waited far too long and we are going to pay the price for our complacency in the form of storms, floods, heat waves and things. And it will easily surpass what's happening right now. The crucial point, he argues, is that there is no chance of avoiding a perilous, all-pervasive climate breakdown. That's what he called it. We have passed the point of no return and can expect a future where lethal heat waves and temperatures are in excess of 50 degrees Celsius, in the tropics anyway. 
in the future where summers at the temperate latitude will be baking hot and uh, the oceans are destined to become warm and acidic, as he puts it. So uh, they asked him, of course, this is an interview. So the interviewer asked him, why is he so much more pessimistic than uh, other scientists? And his reply was, quote, I know a lot of people working in climate science who says one thing in public, but a very different thing in private. In confidence, they are much more scared about the future we face, but they don't want to admit that in public. I call this climate appeasement, and I believe it only makes things worse. Yeah. The world needs to know how bad things are going to get before we can hope to start to tackle the crisis. End quote. So he's... Uh, I, I know that some people will call him an alarmist, but I don't think he's that off. Uh, it's probably very, very late. This podcast started seven years ago, mm -hmm. and I'm sure we said it, if not in the first episode, we've said it for a long time, and others have said it for even longer. We have to start now, and that was a long time ago we should have started now. Yeah. But still, I, 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 you shouldn't give up. I, I think we can still do something. And we should do all we can. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, it reminds me a bit of um, Greta Thunberg, <laughs> mm -hmm. who's saying the same. And everyone who's saying these people are wrong, they they just didn't understand, or they don't understand how serious the situation is. Um, because it is a bit. Like I just thought, like it. It sounds so unbelievable. Of like we're we're fucked <laughs> and, yeah. and you don't want to accept it in your like rationally you don't want to accept it but it, it is what it is yeah totally different topic and that is that a medical doctor and science communicator called lisa marie kellermeyer was found dead in her flat a few days ago yeah i just wanted to quickly say um, who she was she was a doctor and science communicator who got bullied relentlessly by COVID deniers and by querdenker people. She always said that she would be like she that she's left alone from police, from politics, basically everyone, and that she's very burned out in that regard. I think I just want to maybe paraphrase what EXO published about her because EXO published an in memoriam. She was very active, still got bullied by, by querdenkers. And the problem is that her death itself brought up a new wave of conspiracies. Querdenker people claimed that she discovered the truth about vaccines and that's why she's dead. And that's, of course, absolutely disgusting and appalling to, to twist it around that way. It's not about that. It's about being left alone with a fight that you can't win. Yeah, she was a target for bullying, for bodily harm, for threats of sexual abuse, threats to her family, her loved ones, death threats. It must have been horrible. And of course, in this podcast, as with EXO, we also want to say, if you as a listener feel overwhelmed, please speak to those close to you. And we will also put a list of national crisis lines in the show notes. And yeah, in that regard, just let, let's just remember Lisa Maria Kellermeyer. Yeah. Yeah, really, really tragical story there. And uh, it's terrible. And it's even more terrible that after the fact, the bullies, the anti-vaxxers still try to twist yeah. 
the story to be something that it was not at all and still trying to claim that yeah. uh, they were right and that yeah and the, gloat even yeah, you know? yeah right so how they're just not nice people <laughs> <laughs> terrible people terrible yeah, exactly. people really i mean and you can say what you will about skeptics but we don't bully people no to death can be like bit- that we maybe sometimes ridicule people, but yeah. we, we don't. Do, we we, we don't. do hand out really wrong awards. Yes. we do that. But we don't. We wouldn't. I would never threaten someone, like send a death threat or, or something to someone. Of course not. That's... And um, that's not. You just don't do that. Hmm. And yeah, it actually led to several science communicators in Germany and Austria saying that they also need a break, that they say that their mental health and family and everything is more important than being active on social media. Yeah. And I can understand that. that yeah, you can't like, blame them. But no, on the other hand, then, then the bullies win. So the rest of us will have to take over then. I, it's not fair to have individuals taking that kind of um, Exactly, exactly. And that's trauma. exactly what we should take into the future with us and that is that we shouldn't leave individuals alone and no. and let them bear the brunt of right. this of the of the hate talking about hate <laughs> and <laughs> and handing out w- really uh, awards. awards exactly <laughs> do we have a really wrong award this week pontus yes we do Yeah, very cheerful episode, this one. I'm sorry about the, the all the negative news, but what can you do? What can you do? So I do have a, a really wrong, yes. Not as serious as the other things we've talked mm. about, but still worth it, I think. And this is something that's been making the news in Sweden for a couple of months already, and I think we need to bring it up here. Uh, I don't think it's a specifically Swedish thing, but I would be very happy to hear from our listeners if it also occurs in other places. So what am I talking about? Well, there is a new booming business, at least in Sweden, perhaps elsewhere as well, where seemingly serious companies offer a broad-spectrum blood test service. So for a couple of hundred euros, they analyze your blood, testing it for maybe 40 to 50 different uh, substances, hormones, whatever... Some of the things that they are listing is albumin, phosphate, and creatinine. I don't even know what that is, creatinine. (laughs) They measure kidney functions, the amount of red and white blood cells, blood fats, vitamins, hormones, and various liver tests and things, etc., etc., etc. And this is not a scam because they're not scamming people directly. They are actually doing these tests and they are doing it with professional labs. The thing is that... Almost nobody, no one has a perfect value of all of these things. Even a healthy person. There's always something you can find. It's like p-hacking in scientific research where you look and look and look until you find something that looks a little bit off. And then you decide that that's the big problem, right? You can always find something. And people do have different levels of these different hormones and and vitamins or whatever it is. And it usually isn't anything to worry about. But now you do worry about it because somebody in a lab coat has told you that you're low on vitamin X or, or whatever it is. And you may seek out and spend hospital resources, perhaps even alternative therapies, for no good reason at all. And it's unnecessary fear-mongering. 
There's a clear risk that hospital queues grow longer because people who are not sick are taking up all the space. It's just a waste of everybody's time and money, but it's very, very lucrative. So um, there are many companies doing this in Sweden at the moment, and it's getting more and more traction, and especially by among people who are influencers and people who have a little bit more money to spend. They, well, not brag about it, but they pose with their tests online and they tell you also what to do about it and blah, blah, blah. And thank God I realized I had only 95% of B12 vitamin in my blood and now I'm going to do this and this to rectify the whole thing. So it's all unnecessary unless, of course, you feel bad. Always, if you feel sick and there's something wrong with you, go see a doctor. That's fine. But if you're perfectly healthy... Don't go and try to look for things wrong with you when there probably isn't any. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, for fear-mongering and wasting people's money and creating shortage of uh, hospital resources, these companies, and I should probably name some of them as well because <laughs> make more effective like that. There are th- three big ones uh, that I've heard of in Sweden. They're called Wearlab, Medicera and Blodkollen. Probably doesn't say anything if you're blood not... Blood colon sounds like a vampire association. Blood colon, <laughs> yeah. It means blood checker. Ah, oh, uh, yeah. Col is sort of control. So Got blood it. control. Anyway, they all, and all the other companies doing the same thing, they get today's prize for being really wrong. And that's well-deserved. <laughs> right. Thank you, Pontus. Thank you. And I believe that pretty much concludes our episode mm-hmm. it wasn't a happy one it rarely is i think we, we're not the happy-go-lucky podcast <laughs> we, we, yeah maybe we should change that yeah let's just do a happy happy episode happy clappy mm. but it won't be this one yeah so that pretty much concludes our episode so i want to thank our listeners and i want to thank you pontus for sure being enough. here <laughs> yep but i don't want to let anyone go without a quote And the quote is by William Shakespeare in The Taming of the Shrew. I chose it because it's so poetic, but I think I want to hear explanations and interpretations from our listeners of why this is a good episode. Very literary episode, this one at the end here. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I think I want to hear why this is a good quote. And Mm -hmm. the quote is, I do present you with a man of mine, cunning in music and the mathematics, to instruct her fully in those sciences. <laughs> wow, okay, so, interesting. So, dear, dear listeners, why is that a good quote? And what does it, <laughs> what does it mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> right, or not. I mean, if you or don't not, like it, like, please It could tell also us. be a bad quote and <laughs> doesn't mean anything. But yeah, just tell us. We'll be happy to discuss it in the next episode. Yeah, maybe we will do more Shakespeare quotes in yeah. the future. Yeah, we would just be the literature club and that's, then we're actually happy, <laughs> happy episodes. <laughs> no, we won't do that. We will still do skeptical work. And I think until next week, goodbye. All right. Bye-bye. Tschüss. Hello. Wieslat. <laughs> that's right.
This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments or death threats to info at the ESP.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Schraub and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe. I know I put that in there. What the hell? <laughs> I must have deleted it by mistake. Sorry. You're right. <laughs> Pained knee and some other illnesses is illnesses is some, some il- other illness. <laughs> poke uh, as much as you can. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Did that you say means... poke poping? I think I said poke poping. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> let's let's do that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>